So here we are. Where are we, Fabian? Where we are, are we? here for the second installment of She Has Kids, He Doesn't. And we're back. And excited. Woohoo! Natasha, how you been? I have been good. It's it's been a minute, but I'm I'm great. I'm great. I'm glad we're back here. We're gonna we're gonna talk about something that's dear to me. So I'm I'm excited, baby. I'm excited. And so am I, and so am I. You know, it's it's a, it's been good. Um good things are happening. And I believe in living intentionally. Right. And I find that when you do that and function in that space, you draw the experiences you want to you. And I also is ironic and interesting because I think that's an important skill to pass on to children. This mm. idea of what do you want and what are you affirming, what are you interested in? Um, so they get that, that tool. So today we're looking at mm-hmm. the alternatives. Is it shield or build? Well, let me let me talk a little bit about that. So, so this was this was something that I brought to you, and I know that I've reached out to you um, in situations where I'm I'm having this um, this dilemma. And so, from my perspective, you know, when when your child um, is having a difficulty, is having a challenge, mm-hmm. when something horrible happens to your child, or just something that is a little confronting for them. You know, what's my role as a parent? Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to run to their defense um, and shield them? Um, or am I supposed to help to build resilience mm-hmm. in them? You know, do I, do I, is it my job to make them, you know, uh, uh, street smart and, and, and um, to be able to take care of themselves? Or, or do I become an advocate you for shield them? Shield them and fix it. Yeah, shield them and fix it. Yeah. Um, and, and this is where the rule book would have come in very handy, <laughs> Fabian. This is this a is magical rule book for parents. Yes, this is where the, this is where the guidance notes. Right. So something as simple as you know, um, if child is under five, then shield. <laughs> Six and upward, they're on their own. You start to coax <laughs> yes. them into yeah. the battle on their own. And I'm sure the psychologists, like if we had somebody around the table, that you know, they, they probably would have a different perspective. Or, or they would be able to bring insight into this conversation in terms of, you know, based on what's happening in the in the child's development stages. Right. Um, you know, it, if this is what's happening in, in their development. Um, or at, 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 at later on in the show, in the life of this student for yes. some kids are warriors. Yes. Anyway, like they fix it and tell you, so-and-so bullied me and I told him, sit down. <laughs> so they come and tell you what they did. Whereas other children come and say, so and so trouble me, and it's interesting because they start to they show you their personalities early. Right. Some kids fix it on their own, or some kids you know get more confused and and get more frightened and expect you to fix it. But it's that thing of. Is I think it's sometimes like at work, so some companies put somebody to teach you the job, mm-hmm. where other people also do a shadowing thing where you get to observe people. I think that modeling behavior thing is really crucial for parenting, but also I think for life. Right. Are parents or adults modeling the behavior that children need to see for conflict resolution, so for be- dealing with aggression, for dealing with anger? So before we even so before we even get to that 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 space, and I, I certainly I you know like I said it in, in our first podcast, I this is this is still a learning process for me. Mm-hmm. I, um, I recently had a conversation with a parent and I told her, it, listen, it's not that I drink holy water. <laughs> so it's, you know, I've, I'm learning as I go along and 
um, but there there have been there have been moments where I have gone in and I have um, I have shielded. So I th- I think I think for me like a, a no brainer is um, if bullying is happening. Yes. Then that for me is a straight intervention. Yeah. So we're not so bullying and physical harm. Bullying like and that. bullying yeah. and physical harm. Um, but but even in that space, Fabian, I I sometimes find that I have to be able I have to listen carefully to understand like if it is if it is bullying or if it is that a child has said something that hurt your feelings mm-hmm. um or is it that there is a, a constant picking on you right. you know versus you know this constant picking on you yes so at what point because then everything can can be labeled bullying yes. Um, when it's when it's not, yes. but for me, true clear signs of of bullying, there's it's a no brainer. It yeah. is a it is a straight a straight intervention. And something you said, Natasha, that's really interesting that speaks to your parenting style, which I know based on our our friendship and connection is you. you teach your sons to articulate their feelings. Yes. You will say, in the middle of a mental, you say, you have to calm down so you can tell me what you're feeling. Why are you upset? And I think a lot of parents miss that step. Children and grow up into adults who also can't articulate. They're like, <clears throat> or cussing. But right. they, when you say, what has upset you? They can't tell you immediately because they haven't really, they know they feel this wave of rage, but they haven't unpacked it was your tone of voice. Not that you were wrong, mm-hmm. but the way you spoke to me. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a really crucial thing. And I always big you up for that, that you you get your children, your sons, to tell you what they're feeling and say, walk me through what happened. <laughs> and I love that. Thank you. It's It's been a process, but I, I, I know for me that it's been important for them to be able to... to um, to kind of almost have like a, a, a matrix approach to things. Meaning, if you can see and understand and separate yourself from what is going on and see what's going on, then you're better able to make decisions in terms of what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I mentioned in, my, in the first podcast, like my children are highly spirited and, and fully engaged in the world. Um, and it was important for me to... to build them or to teach them the skills to to have to begin to have this um um to be able to identify emotion mm-hmm. and you know how it started it started off very simply fabian i had a pack of stickers that had um a smiley face emoji a frowny face emoji and a meh <laughs> so those three faces yes. right and every evening i would come home and I would just simply say to them, um, pick three stickers to describe your day, okay? And they, they would get to pick whatever. So it could be three of one kind, two of one, and one of the other, mm-hmm. like whatever it was. And then I would say to them, okay, just explain it. But then I wouldn't get involved in the, I wouldn't get involved in the explanation. Right. So if it was... You know, two smiley faces and a, a frowny face. You know, mm-hmm. well, this was because this was because we didn't get the test today. Um, this one was because I got to play with so and so at right. lunchtime. But then this one was because the teacher so and so. And I would just 
I'd go, okay, all right, well, mm-hmm. that was your day. And we just got in the habit of doing yeah. that. And so then I would extend that now. So when, when they were in a tantrum or they were in a, a mood or they were in a thing, then what I would say to them is, all right, pick your stickers to tell me how you're feeling right now. Right. So what it did is that it kind of gave them a tool. It gave them a, an access point right. to be able to just articulate in, in, so from the range of emotions. Mm-hmm. So to be able to just articulate, you know, happy, sad, and meh, meh. right? Um, and from that point, then we kind of um, built on that. Yeah. I think that's just an awesome, like, emotional intelligence 101 that adults need now as well because I find it's interesting, and I've said this to you before, that 10, 15 years ago, companies used to say to me as a trainer, oh, touchy-feely training rubbish. Right. They must sort that out themselves. We want hardcore skills and da-da-da-da. Now, the majority of the requests I get for training for companies include some touchy-feely. Really? Emotional intelligence, team building, workplace negativity, interpersonal um, skills. Because they're finding we have skilled workers, but people aren't getting along, can't articulate how they feel, holding grudges. And it's really, really important. Uh, listening to you talking, Natasha, that, that, that handbook idea would have to be several versions because the reality is parents have vastly different backgrounds, experiences, yes. exposure. And so if, let's say, if you're trying to raise your child in a community where there's gunshots every night, where what the child is seeing is people get thumped or stabbed. Right. And then some kids tell you, you know, the reality of their home versus school is two different worlds. So it's almost like, you know, even for the parents, if I don't have the tools and the skill to be calm and walk something through, or, you know, my child is seeing me fighting people, or I've come to school and I'm cussing teachers or children, because I've taught in schools where I've seen parents come and engage a child, and you're thinking, you have come to curse off a child because you, the adult, are upset. So when children see that, so it's this really interesting world of, you know, parenting for the parents. Parenting for the parents. <laughs> Who are parenting <laughs> the children. Because here's a powerful thing that has happened to me as a teacher in high school. I used to love parent consultations. Right. I like people. I like talking. I like conversation. But you also get to see who's raising this child. And sometimes, several times, when I meet the parent, I'd go, oh, the child would now make sense. So what, what, I'm, I'm, so what I'm hearing then is, is what you bring into the space as a parent will, will determine your view on shielding or building. Mm-hmm. And also impact your child, how your child shows up in the world. That's interesting. Because that modeling, that behavior, that, yeah. So a lot of times, and it's sad because our schools are, you know, overcrowded. A lot of teachers are under pressure, especially if you're going to do it properly. There so needs to be parent involvement, parenting classes. You know, a lot of times the parents who show up at PTA regularly are not the ones that school needs to see. Uh, <laughs> it's true. They tell you a lot of times the, the kids who are... Because, you know, of course, that thing, if your mother come up here, you're going to be here yourself. If your mother going to talk to your teacher. So a lot of times it's the absent parents that the schools need to see because they, some of them say they don't see the point in going to PTA. I've had parents say... Miss Sanarfia school, so they can fix her. Oh. Yeah. 
McGladden, you can see where me I put up, where me I deal with. There's a boy who was physically threatening his mother at a high school I taught at. And when there was an incident at school and we called her, she said, McGlad, said, see what I'm dealing with. And we were like, wow. So she was glad this incident happened so she could get some help. Got it. Yeah. So it's a, you know, the more we do this show, this the is more- second <laughs> episode we're thinking. But I think it's, it's really important that that thing of what is the support out there for parents? You know, how do you, how do you get help when you're overwhelmed? Yes. Remember the case of the mother beating her daughter with a machete? I remember that. She was clearly unhinged. The mother, not to justify what she did, but she was clearly, because what pushes you to do that to your own child and that other mental health, <laughs> it's a serious thing in Jamaica. It- that, that we have to address. That's a whole nother podcast. Whole favorite. other podcast. Whole other podcast. So are you a shield or a builder or a mix of both? I'm a mix I'm a mix of both. But that for me is a learnt behavior because I think by default I'm a shielder. Right. Um I left up to me, I will fight all the battles for my children. Right. Um and I that's not I, I'm not even gonna get into whether or not that's right or productive, but that's <laughs> Yeah, that's where you are. Yeah. So I'm a little bit of both, but it's a, it's a learned behavior. I know in the first podcast we spoke about that poem. Mm-hmm. They don't belong to you. They don't belong to you. They don't belong they to you. They come through you, but they are not from you. And though they are with you, they belong not to you. So that poem it is really very grounding for me. Yeah. Um, and, and you mentioned I have, I have two different kids. I have two children with different personalities mm-hmm. and my approach to one cannot be the same for the other for the other um, i i think in the first instance i try to build i think is so we kind of go through the processing what's going on why do you think that's happening have you tried this mm-hmm. why don't you take a different approach right um, and then um, you know if that isn't working then i will probably look at at some variation of it. But as I said before, you know, there are some things that is a straight, mega defend my picnic. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember something recently at school that where th- there was no, there, there was no room for having a conversation with my son about what he could have, should have done or no, the, the parent was wrong. Right. And um, that was a straight a straight way that I'm going to defend my child. Full stop. And what I love about you telling that story, Natasha, and you're really very self-aware because you you talked about knowing that you had to do your hosa and calm so you didn't show up as a parent yelling and screaming and burning everything to the ground because you also were clear of, I can go there, but also what example would I be setting for my son if I behave like that. So when he when he told me when he told me what happened, you know, and that there was a, a situation in which he he ended up crying mm-hmm. because of words that a parent had said to mm-hmm. him. Um, you cannot imagine how many shades of red I saw. I can imagine, Fabian. You cannot imagine, <laughs> Fabian, Fabian. And for me, the learnt behavior was I know. That when I get really angry and upset, there's no, it's hard to come back from that. Right. Like there's I, no middle ground. There's no middle ground. You know, like I, 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 
my anger is so intense um, that it, it scorches everything. Mm-hmm. And I was standing there in front of my son and I had to keep it together. Mm-hmm. I really had to keep it together and say to myself, mm-hmm. and say to myself, okay, how are we going to resolve the situation? Right. And I think in that moment, I took the decision that I'm going to use this as a teaching moment for my child so that he sees how conflicts are resolved. Yes. Um, and it, it was resolved. Right. Okay. It, you know, without getting into the, the nuts and bolts of it, it right. was actually resolved. Um, and then I was able to have, have a conversation with my son about it. Right. And even have a conversation about respect to right. say, to say, irrespective of what transpired between you and this other person, this other person is still an adult. Right. And you need to not be disrespectful right. moving forward because you think you might have a one up, you know, yeah. you might have a one up manship now. That's an important conversation because I found in the school context, I've several times had to have conversations with students or whole classes about authority and respect and helping them understand that let's say a teacher does or says something that's rude, disrespectful, inappropriate, or, or even unprofessional. When you tell him or her back something hot, you lose your right because you were right before. Right. But when you now disrespect the yes, person in authority, yes. that becomes the focus. Yes. And they all went, wow, like they never thought about it. I said, yes. So sometimes, even though it's hard, just be quiet. Report it to somebody when you're calmer. Don't say, oh, you said this to me? Watch what I'm going to do because now that becomes the focus. And it was such a powerful, those conversations were so powerful because you could see the light bulbs go on. I'm like, yeah. And then I'd say to them sometimes, and you sometimes, when it gets reported and dealt with, you want the principal to dress down the teacher in front of the class. Not going to happen. The teacher has to come back and reclaim the respect and control the class. Yes. So you have to trust that it happened privately in the principal's office. But you want that satisfaction of, yes, see? You get told about yourself, can't happen. And so even helping children understand that, those dynamics of authority, respect, what do you do when an adult infringes your rights, disrespects you, hurts you, and then knowing clearly who do you report to, you can tell me as your parent. Some kids tell you, I'm afraid to tell my parents because they didn't do what you did. Then when come out of school and chop up somebody or go on by, tear <laughs> yes. off them clothes and the child is like, I can't manage. So they hide it. And so that's why it's so crucial for parents to be that balancer, to be that the model that says, I'm I'm really angry, but I'm not going to go to the school and cuss up a holy bad word and go on bad. I'm going to control myself and deal with it, show you how to deal with this type of thing. Boy, Fabian, I, 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 I tell you, I'm I'm certainly not that perfect, um, and I'm not so sure that, you know, if something else comes up, yeah, that I will be so. Some parents say some things is a, a no-brainer. Them, yes. I go prison, and I always said that's when you have, must have some friends who you call and say, <laughs> "Come and bail me out." Come meet me. Like, no, or you know, before before, drive down to the school and meet me because I might go to prison. <laughs> And the friends are coming. Like you try to get there first. I remember at school again, the parent drove in. <laughs> and the way he drove in. You knew. I, I said to the other teacher, I said, okay, so you get between the child and I am going to approach the father because this does not look good. Right. And he flew the car door and jumped out. 
um, and I had to literally stand in front of him and the other teachers now blocking the child because he was furious. Yes. And I said, Daddy, you have to calm down. And he was, and I said, come with me. And I talked him down. He just kind of said, not in front of your child, not in front of the whole school. Right. And he kind of, and he, and then he parked his car and we went through the whole thing, calmed down. And when he was leaving, he squeezed my hand. He said, thank you. Because he said, I couldn't, he was one of the people who goes half blind when he's angry. Right. Couldn't he said, straight. everything gets blurred. So he said, if I hadn't stopped him and intervened, and he said, well, thank you very much. And he said, he's working on it. And I, I really respected his honesty. He said, it's something he's working on. But, you know, when you hear either your child has done something that, you know, they shouldn't or somebody hurt them, that thing that happens. You just snap. And I think even helping children understand that as well, because they will, may also have those own feelings themselves when something happens. And then what do you do? Um, shield or build. I'm really, I'm really curious. I'm, and then sometimes, favorite. I wonder if I overthink the things. Like, I wonder if, like, our parents who are listening right now, if they grapple with this, whether or not to to shield the child or to help to build resilience, mm-hmm. um, and and what and what they do, or, right. or like, do they have? Is it a sort of case by case, like what your gut tells you? Right. Because there's there's I. You know what? If I could write the parenting manual, Fabian, I'd be rich. I'd be rich. We tell you, right? Start, start writing that book. Start writing that book. Start writing that book. Start writing that book because th- this is this is something where I like I've I've spoken to another mom about this, and in her. So I I want to say that that in my in my family unit in my my household, my husband and I tend to be on the same page, mm-hmm. um, in terms of the approach that we take with our children. But what if you're in a situation where you are for shielding the child and, and your the, the father is like, no. Mm-hmm. And I've had, I've a friend of mine has had that yep. where she's like, no child needs understanding and da, 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 And she will go in and speak to the teachers and explain, you know, the child's personality. And the father is like, no, the, he, he needs to figure these things out on his own. And, you know, he thinks that his, um, the mother is, is being overprotective. Mm-hmm. You know, when does shielding go into the overprotective, overbearing um, territory? Um, I I think the parents have to come to some kind of centering on that because it also be really confusing for the child. Like, you know, this this kind of pull back and forth around figuring out, you know, either do we always try to be on the same page or do I let you lead on some things, even though I'm cringing? (laughs) And then I lead, I lead on other things. I think that's important for parents because if not, it's confusing for children. Like, because one parent is like, "Tump back the boy," and the mother's like, "No, we don't do that." Boom, 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 boom. So I think your yeah, parents have to kind of figure it out. Either I'm backing off on this, or let's talk about it. Then we make a decision and then we t- we take action together. I think that's important. It can be it can be confusion. Absolutely. So what I'm so Fabian, you're not you. I thought you were gonna give me the answer in this podcast. No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, and here's what we want you to do: post your comments wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it's on Instagram, you know, Facebook. Leave some comments and questions, which we'll we'll, we'll respond to because we want to start engaging people 
um, you know, what was useful, were there gaps in our conversation that you want us to cover, because we have the, the, the leeway of doing that. So yeah, so let us know what you're thinking, what you're feeling, or what your experience has been with shielding or building. Do I want to I, I wanna know, I want to know, like if you're a shielder or, or you're a builder, like I want to know. Who, me? No, no, no. Like I the want parents. Let, yeah, I want yeah. them to let, let us know. Yeah. And let us know, yeah, what, what, what the experience been and or, or do you do a balance thing? Because that's part of the journey. Um, so, yes, yeah, so this was our second. Woohoo! All of two. Yay! <laughs> and it's called what? She, she has, has kids. kids he he doesn't. doesn't. And my name is Fabian Thomas. And I'm Natasha Levy. And we'll be back with you next time. Make up yourself. Parents Woo-hoo! to the world. Yay! Bye, guys. Thank you.